Well, we invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. I titled my message, Have You Heard the News? Have you heard the news? That question should be, is a very simple question and should receive a simple answer. But you know as well as I do, thanks to what we know of today as information superhighway internet, we, if you would just put on the news, it begins to ask you all kinds of questions. Are you talking about local news? Are you talking about national news? Are you talking about political, social, the economical news, or the sports news? So it just goes in a vast number of ways. Sort of remind me of a man one time that was living in uh, Chicago. And it was during the winter. And the uh, streets were snowy and it was a cold, rainy day. And he left to go on vacation to uh, go to Florida. And his wife had gone on a business trip and she was going to meet him there. Well, once he had arrived, he decided that he would send her an email uh, telling him, telling her about his arrival. Well, unfortunately, when he was typing the email address, he got the address wrong. And he sent this email to a lady whose husband who had just died. She read the email and fell over almost, uh, I mean, she fainted and the, her family came rushing in, wanting to know what in the world happened. Then they read the email and the email said something like this. I just got checked in. Everything's prepared for your arrival for tomorrow. <laughs> your loving husband. P.S. It sure is hot down here. (laughs) Well, we get all kinds of news. But I am so grateful that the good news found in the Word of God, speaking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With your Bibles in hand, would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's precious Word? Ephesians chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 1. And you He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, 
even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that you are not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Now, I don't want us to stop there. You'll notice that that first word speaks of and. And literally means of what I've already said. So let's go back to look at verse 19 and verse 20. Because this is the headlines on Easter morning. Listen to this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believes according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Amen. What a glorious, glorious passage of Scripture. Father, we thank you so much for the precious word that you have shared with us today of knowing that through the power of the resurrection, you give life and you give life eternal. And Lord, we pray that today that the Spirit of God might take the words that is on this page of Scripture. And Lord, that he will find a place in our heart to allow it to be able to grow and to be meditated and to experience all the goodness of the precious Word of God. May the anointing and the feeling of your Holy Spirit will be upon us today. May the power of the resurrection will be demonstrated in our lives. For your glory, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Had you heard the news? I believe that as you studied the Word of God, you'll begin to read immediately that there are news concerning Easter. There's a lot of people who don't understand Easter. There's a lot of people today that they have a misconception of Easter. I was listening to a gentleman the other day and he was interviewing a bunch of college students and he was asking them, what does Easter mean? And they said, oh, I believe that was the time when Jesus was born. Others said, oh, that's when the Easter bunny comes. Sad, sad, sad to live in the culture that we live in today and that there are so many people do not understand, they have not read the paper that speaks about the news of the gospel, which is the Word of God. 
I want to share with you today three things as we think about the news. First of all, as you look at your scripture, you'll begin to notice in verse 1 that he talks about the bad news. The bad news. I know that as we pick up the newspaper today, that many, many times as we read in the newspaper, we read about bad news. Well, my friend, I want you to understand the Bible talks about bad news. Easter talks about bad news. And the bad news is man is lost. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says man is lost. Now, I know that when I make a statement like that, that I am stepping into political incorrection. I know that when I make a statement like that, that I'm stepping in religious incorrection. They're saying, why, you should never tell people that they're lost. Why, what an offense. Telling people that they're lost? How dare you to make such a statement? In fact, there was a very popular preacher at one time in California that was on TV. And he made this statement. Listen to this very carefully. He says, I don't know of anything that has been done in the name of Christ and done under the banner of Christianity that has proven more destructive to human personality and hence counterproductive to the evangelistic enterprise than the unchristian, uncouth strategy of attempting to make people aware that they're lost and in sinful condition. Isn't that sad? Isn't it sad that anyone would make a statement like that? But especially a gospel preacher, uncouth, Unchristian, if that may be the case, my friend, the Apostle Paul, he was uncouth. The Apostle Paul was unchristian because the Apostle Paul demonstrated certainly the awareness of the bad news. Now, what does the bad news encompass? First of all, you'll notice in verse 1, he says, And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Man is spiritually dead. In other words, every person that comes into this world, my friend, is born DOA, dead on arrival. You're born into this world spiritually dead, the Bible says. They're alive physically. But spiritually, they are dead. Sort of reminds me of a story I heard about a chicken farmer. A chicken farmer was having some problems with his chickens that every day or so, there would be two or three chickens that would be laying out out there on the yard, the chicken yard, and they would be laying on their backs, stiff as a board, and their feet up in the air. So he wrote to the agricultural department in Washington, And he described what was going on. And he was asking them, can you tell me what is wrong? About three months later, he received a letter. And the letter said something simply like this. 
your chickens are dead. (laughs) Very simple, very plain. Your chickens are dead. My friend, every person without Jesus Christ, the Bible says, they are spiritually dead. Now, we do not become spiritually dead because we sin. My friend, I want you to understand we are born spiritually dead because we are sinners, as the Bible speaks to us. The Bible says, all have sinned. And have come short of the glory of God. Either you are dead today or you were dead. You're in one of two conditions. Either you're dead or you were dead. Every home without the Lord Jesus Christ is a funeral home, my friend. Everybody that is within that home is a corpse. And, of course, every bed within that home is like a casket. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are born spiritually dead. But I want you to see something else. Not only do you notice that man is spiritually dead, but man is spiritually depraved. Listen to what the Bible says there in verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Paul was saying every person who is lost is controlled by three things. Number one, You are controlled by the world. Listen what the Bible says there in verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. You not only live in this world, my friend, without the Lord Jesus Christ, but you live according to the world. And you not only live according to the world, but you live like the world. Now, there's two ways that you walk in life today. You either walk by the world standards or you walk by the Word of God standards. Think about this for a moment. The Word says homosexuality is an abomination. The world says homosexuality is an alternative. The Word says abortion is taking a life. The world says abortion is making a choice. The Word says sex is a sacred act. The world says it is a safe act. The world sees hell as, or the Word sees hell as judgment. The world sees it as a joke. The Word sees man as a creation of God. The world sees God as a creation of man. So, my friend, you are either controlled by the world or you're controlled by the Word. This is what the Scripture is speaking speaking of. So the lost man is not only controlled by the world, 
But he's also controlled by Satan himself, the devil. Listen to what the Bible says. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. See, the world will teach you how to sin. The devil will tempt you to sin. Do you see how the world and the devil works together today? My friend, but not only are you controlled by the world, you're controlled by the devil, but you're also controlled by the flesh. Listen to what the Bible says there also in that verse 3. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind. See, the world will teach you to sin. Satan will tempt you to sin. But the flesh will take you to sin. So they all three is our enemy enemy today. Heard about a little boy one time. He got in a fight with his little sister and he kicked her on the chin. He pulled her hair. And her mo- his mama was disciplining him that day and he said honey said uh, we're not going to have that kind of uh, behavior in the house now I'm sure that the devil made you pull your sister's hair said yeah the devil made me pull it but kicking her in the shin was my idea (laughs) my friend I want you to understand it is our idea and so therefore as we began to think about that we are dead We are depraved, but we are spiritually doomed. The Bible says there in verse 3, listen to what it speaks of. It says, we by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Now, my friend, carefully, not only we are sinners by choice, but we are sinners by practice. The Bible speaks of. And we are sinners by nature. By nature. We sin because it is a part of our nature. Have you ever stopped to think about it? We don't teach our children to do bad. We teach them to do good. To do bad, they come, it just comes natural. It's a part of their nature. And so the Bible speaks about that. And so, therefore, first of all, the bad news. Man is spiritually dead. Man is spiritually depraved. Man is spiritually doomed. But, oh, I'm so glad we don't have to stop there. The Bible says that it doesn't only speak about the bad news. It speaks about better news. The Bible says in verse 4, but God. I'm so grateful that that, those two words is in there. But God. Have you ever stopped to think about the importance of that three-letter word, but? But. Think about that for a moment. You receive a phone call in the middle of the night. And your son is on the other end of the phone. And he says, Dad, I've had a wreck. 
And all of a sudden, you can just feel the adrenaline begin to rise. But I'm okay. Everything is all right. You go to the doctor's office. And the doctor has examined you and ran all kinds of tests. And and he comes and he says, I'm sorry to say you have cancer. Your heart drops. And then all of a sudden he says, but it's treatable and it's curable. Oh, the difference that it makes. My friend, sort of remind me one time where one could say, my husband had lost his mind, but it wasn't a big loss in the first place. So, we begin to describe before us the beautiful picture of the better news. He talks about in verse 4, the motive of our salvation. Now, notice what he says there. He says, because of his great love. Now, think about this for a moment. Just by the nature of of man we're lost but the nature of God is love oh the glorious picture of love as we see and so we understand before we could ever respond to God God responded to us by love He who first loved us, the Bible says. I'm reminded of what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says to us. Well, listen to this. But God demonstrated his own love toward us. That while, listen to this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? That is a great place for an amen. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love was a love of reaching out to you and to me this morning. It is a motive of salvation. Some people say, well, love is blind. Not with God. When God loved me, my friend, he saw all of my warts. He saw all of my failures. He saw all my faults. He saw it all. And yet in spite of that, he loves me. He loves you, the Bible says. In spite of us. He loves us. Unconditional love. There's nothing that you can do to keep God from loving you. And there's nothing that you can do to make God love you anymore because He loves you the greatest. I can almost imagine the old devil saying to the Lord, I don't know what you see in Kelly Burris. Especially, I don't... See anything in him that uh, would make Christ go to the cross to die for his sins? 
God responds by saying, the reason why you don't see that, what I see is because you don't love Kelly Burris like I love Kelly Burris. Amen. Amen. Oh, my friend, the motive of salvation that he loves us, loves us. Sir, ma'am, I'm here to tell you today. You may feel like you're unloved, but my friend, all you got to do is look to the cross. And there at the cross, Jesus is saying with every drop of blood, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But not only you see that great love. But there's another word there in verse 4. It speaks about the mercy of salvation. Listen to what the Bible says. We're told that God is rich in mercy. Now, of course, we understand God is rich. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We know that he paid the streets of heaven as gold. We know the walls are jasper. We know, as the Bible speaks, that his gates is of pearl. He is rich. But my friend, if you really want to know how rich he is, I want you to look down in the deep well of his mercy. And through his mercy, He displays His riches on your life and my life. My friend, God loves us because He is merciful to us today. Napoleon had a lady come to him one day. He had sentenced her son to death because of a crime that he had committed. And she cried out. She says, I plead for your mercy. He said, he don't deserve mercy. And then she responded and she says, you're exactly right. It would not be mercy if he deserved it. And in return, he gave mercy. Do you deserve it? Do I deserve the mercy of God? Absolutely not. It would not be mercy. My friend, if we deserved it. But because that we do not deserve it, He gives us the riches of His mercy. But listen what else He says. Now the method of His salvation is grace. The Bible says there in verse 5, listen to what the Bible reminds us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. By grace. Do you see those three great words? Do you see those three great words that is found in the Word of God His mercy, His grace, His mercy. He does not give us hell, which we do deserve. 
But he gives us mercy. He's willing to give us heaven that we do not deserve. And it's all because that it's encompassed by love. God so loved the world that he gave. Giving us his mercy. Giving us his grace. Through his life. But oh my friend. I, I'm so grateful to know. That I can come to my last point, And that is. We've talked about the bad news. Man is lost. We've talked about. The. Bad, better news. And of course God is love. But I've got better news. I've got better news. And that is Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Now because Jesus was born, I can be born again. Because Jesus raised from the dead. My friend, I want you to understand, I can walk with Him and live with Him and spiritually be alive greater than ever before. Oh! The best news of all, the better news. The Bible tells us three things here in this passage of Scripture very quickly. In verse 5, he says that we are made alive together with Christ. We are made alive together with Christ Jesus. Because Jesus lives physically, I can now live spiritually. Because Jesus lives physically, I can personally know Him and walk with Him and live with Him on a day-by-day basis. My friend, have you ever stopped to think, the only thing that a dead person needs is one thing. That's life. He doesn't need water because he can't drink water. He don't need food because he can't eat food. He don't need air because he cannot breathe air. My friend, the only thing that a dead man needs is life. And my friend, I'm here to tell you, Jesus, as Jesus rose from the grave that day, he came forth with life. Life eternal, life everlasting. Even though you're dead in the trespasses of your sins, you can become alive spiritually because of Easter, because of the resurrection. Spiritually, there's regeneration. Spiritually, there is resurrection. Look what the Bible says in verse 6. And raised us up together. When the Lord Jesus comes into a dead soul. He breathes life into that soul. Not just life. But he breathes eternal life. Where there will be no more dying. You said, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible even says that it's appointed unto man once to die. We have funerals every day. Oh, yes, you're, you're correct. 
He's not talking about physically. He's talking about spiritually. My friend, when you die physically, you're more alive that day than you've ever been in your life. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There you are with the Lord and you're in His presence experiencing eternal life. What a glorious Savior that would come and give us a spiritual resurrection to our soul. My friend, there is last of all, not only the spiritual resurrection, but then there is the spiritual reign. Listen what the Bible says there in verse 6. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Whew. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The news just gets get, keeps getting better and better and better and better. That one of these days that we will be sitting upon the right hand of the Father with the Lord Jesus Christ. But now the Bible does remind us that Christ is in me and I am in him. And so even today, spiritually, where is Christ at today? He's in heavenly places. Where are you? With the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in heavenly places. Spiritually speaking, where is he sitting? The Bible says he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Spiritually speaking, where are you sitting today? On the right hand of the Father. Do you see why the news of Easter is so wonderful? Don't you see why it just keeps getting better? Yes, there's bad news. My friend, if there wasn't bad news... You wouldn't have good news. It would just be news. But because of the bad news, there is better news. God loves you. Because of the best news, Jesus, as He came forth, He came forth victorious over death and the grave and hell itself victoriously and he has the keys of victory and therefore my friend he wants to exchange that key of victory of where he has taken the sting out of death and place it in your heart and in your soul Mount Whitney in California is the highest spot on the continental of the United States. It stands 14,495 feet. You stand up there on Mount Whitney and you feel the cool breeze. The beauty of the day is beyond almost 
understanding. It's a glorious place. But just 80 miles south, there is a place called Death Valley. And it's 280 feet below sea level. It gets as high as 134 degrees hot. My friend, you may be here today. And you may be in Death Valley. Hot and dry and dreary and no meaning to life whatsoever. But oh, my friend, there was a mountain called Calvary. And upon that mountain, there he, the Lord Jesus Christ took your sins and he took mine and nailed it to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. And the Bible tells us that whosoever That means you. That means me. That means every boy, girl, man, and woman that comes through this life. Whosoever who is dead in the trespasses of their sins shall call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. A promise. A promise that cannot be broken. A promise that is extended To you and to me. Will you accept that promise today? Would you stand with me? Every head bowed and every eye shut. Father, thank you so much for the wonderful news that we have been able to read and discuss and talk about this morning. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, that man is lost. He's dead in the trespasses of sin. But there's better news than that God is love. God loves us. And His mercy and grace is everlasting and rich. And all the better news, the resurrection and the reigning with Christ, living and dwelling with Him for all eternity. Thank you for blessing us and reminding us. Lord, there may be someone here today that have never experienced what the cross is all about. And what a better, there's no better day than today than they give their heart and their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would move and work and certainly speak to the hearts of your people. For we ask this in Jesus' name.